Hi, this is Carmen and Arshia, and, and welcome, welcome to Out the Cocoon. Cocoon. Hi everyone! Today we will be talking about our experiences as people of color, specifically as POC in an area with a majority white population. This is something that is almost always on our minds, so we thought it would be interesting to talk about it on this platform. My co-host Carmen is not going to be in today's episode, but we have a very special guest who will be joining us today. Put your hands together for Nandita Kumar! Clap, 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 clap. So let's get into it. Nandita, why don't you introduce yourself? <laughs> Hi, I'm Nandita. I am a, I'm 16. I'm a sophomore at Lake Oswego High School. Um, my pronouns are she, her. And yeah, I'm a really big fan of this show. I'm the biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, um, and like, I don't know. I remember Arshia and I were talking about this for a really long time, and it was kind of, like Arshia said, this is just something that's always in our periphery, regardless of the situation, and so there's so much we have to talk about, and we end up having these, like, like two-hour, three-hour-long conversations where we're like, how is this possible? What is going on here? <laughs> and then she had the idea that we should probably talk about it to you guys. Or y'all. So, yeah. I mean, do you want to start off by talking about um, why it's important to have role models and, like, the lack of role models? Yeah. That's a very good idea. Um, I think uh, from a very young age, I think we talked about this um, a lot before. We talked about how, like, all of the, especially in children's shows all of the POC characters reverted back to their stereotypes. So like in Phidias and Ferb or in like Jesse, we would see these characters who would be caricatures of like what Mm -hmm. specifically South Asian people were supposed to do. They had accents even though they were born in America. Like they had no reason Mm -hmm. to have these thick Indian accents. They were super smart and so like... And they they had that, like, model minority myth about them. And they, like, were nerds and they had no fun. And they were the people that were like, no, no, no. You have to, like, like everything you're doing sounds, like, too mm-hmm. happy. We need to just study all day. And it would be, like, yeah. that was their character. And it was just, like, why? <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, I'm... I don't identify with this person. I don't identify with someone who has no fun ever. But I feel like I have to fit into it. Um, mm-hmm. I remember talking about this with Emily a few days ago. Hi, Emily. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about how like fitting into like some parts of your stereotype. Like I really, really enjoy science and sometimes I'll enjoy math. Not a lot, but anytime I think like, wow, math, is, like this chapter is like fun. I'll suddenly be like, oh, my God. Like, you're, you're fully, like, fitting the model minority myth right now. Like, you're, you're destroying mm-hmm. everything you've created, essentially. Because I feel like, like, proving everyone wrong, proving that I am not what people think I am, is, like, a huge part of my life. Like, I need to show people that I'm one of the good ones or, like, one of the different ones. And it's, like, I I feel as if I have to prove myself all the time. But at the same time, like, I'm betraying things that I enjoy doing. 
because mm-hmm. I don't want to seem like that kind of person. Or sometimes it'll happen in the other way. Wow, I'm really talking about this a lot, huh? It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like I'll like fit into like the more generally American stereotype or of like someone fun who like enjoys doing fun things and suddenly I'll be like I'm probably confusing people right now I should probably like go study or like go be serious about something because that's what like I'm supposed to do as Mm -hmm. an Indian person living in America like that's my job and like the struggle of like feeling like you need to assimilate um so that people are comfortable with your presence versus just like liking things you like is so uh, it's so confusing mm -hmm. and I think that stems a lot from not seeing yourself represented in any other way than like this one caricature and Mm -hmm. I don't think I really understood it for a long time and also like we do have we do have like people like Mindy Kaling, Aziz Ansari, Hassan Mm -hmm. Minhaj but those are like the top three and they're fully grown adults. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't identify with their experiences as much. I can take parts of their life. Like, I remember Hassan, he talked about how, like, like how his life was, like, what his childhood was like growing up as, like, the child of an immigrant. And I identified with that a lot, and I identified with his jokes a lot, like, about how difficult it is living in this country. At the same time, like... I feel like you're never going to find someone who, like, exactly fits, like, your experience. Mm -hmm. So having, like, more than mm, three people to, like, bounce your thoughts off of at times is so helpful. And especially having more than three people who are younger than the age of, like, 40 (laughs) is helpful because I, I feel connected to them. But also, we're at such different places in our life. And I think... Like, not having someone to just, like, look at, even in, like, TV shows or in the books I read or even, I don't know, like, in podcasts I listen to. It's just, like, I feel like I wasn't meant to be here or, like, Mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to. I feel like I snuck in, kind of, and, like, I'm trying to blend it as much as possible. That's what I think. I remember, like, when I was younger, I used to watch a lot of YouTube I used to watch like Lily Singh and Liza Koshy <laughs> and Just Rain and I kind of experienced the same thing like those are like adults and there's no one that we like as youth have to like relate to I mm-hmm. guess yeah. and it just kind of puts you in an awkward place where it's like you're trying to relate with them so hard sometimes but then like it's not really your experience it's Mm -hmm. like you're kind of just like taking their experiences and like kind of pretending like oh ha 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 I get it (laughs) and like again going back to like the whole the only representation we get are these like caricatures of ourselves like especially in kids media I think that's really detrimental to people who also aren't POC because like kind of forcing Mm -hmm. that like those stereotypes onto people as like onto young people especially is kind of detrimental because it like forces these biases and stuff and then we get shocked we're like we get it we get surprised by how people people like view us as this Mm -hmm. one very specific type of person 
Uh, tying back to the stereotypes, I've had a lot of experiences in school. Nandita and I go to a high school that, in an area that has like a 90, not 90, an 85, I think, percent like white population. And that's like extremely high, obviously. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times I feel kind of like, you know, like I don't belong. And tying back to how people are just like so... Like, these stereotypes are so ingrained into them. Um, I had this one experience. I talked about it. Actually, I've had multiple experiences where people have wanted to be, like, partners with me for group assignments just because I'm, like, Indian, because they think I'm going to do all the work. They think I'm super smart. And it's just, like, puts you in an awkward position because it's, like, these people don't, ever talk to you whatsoever but then all of a sudden when you're like useful to them and they think you like fit this like this um stereotype of an indian person they on like they instantly want to like use you it's so uncomfortable and like i think for me i remember struggling a lot well there were obviously people when they found out quote unquote what i was then like they'd be like they'd like be like oh my god you I bet you're so smart and like they would always say these things like I would say Mm -hmm. basically nothing about myself I'd just be like yeah I'm taking like science right now like science is my first period and they'd be like oh my god you're like a genius and I'd be like what's going what's going on and so I remember and sometimes I feel bad complaining about this but I remember like this huge pressure and you get pressure from basically everywhere in your life from from just like the general community from your parents to like to be the best person you can be at everything and Mm -hmm. having everyone tell me all the time even though they knew nothing about me and nothing about my interests and nothing about what I wanted to do they would just they would make these assumptions about me and they'd be like oh I bet you're the smartest person here I bet like you have like everything done and you have like everything on lock and you're <laughs> and you're like you've got you're all under control and everything and it's mm-hmm. like I don't I have nothing under control right now and also at the same time I remember struggling with my racial identity a lot at this age because um I feel as if if people don't know my name because my name does end in Kumar so obviously like pretty brown sounding name but like I struggled with my racial identity because people got confused as to what I was. And I remember, like, kindergarten, some girl was just like, oh, you're Indian? Um, Are you a red Indian? And I was like, what are you talking about? And I, I was wearing a red turtleneck, and I remember being like, oh, my God. She thinks, she thinks that I'm a red Indian because I'm wearing a red turtleneck. And I just stopped wearing red turtlenecks. And it was such a weird thing to do. But I was like, I have to, like, make it easier for them. To understand mm-hmm. why I am not a red Indian. Like, why <laughs> Why was that so important to me? I was like, you know what? This is too difficult for them. I'm going to cut out everything that makes it confusing. And so I remember experiencing that from a very young age. Or I'd remember people like asking me questions all the time. They'd be like, what are you? Where did your parents come from? Where are you from? And I'm like, I was born mm-hmm. here. And it's like... One, you're not even being straight up with what you want from me, which is you're trying to figure out, like, what kind of person I am so you can Mm -hmm. put me into the different boxes you've made in your head. So, and, like, that always boggled my mind because I, 
I was like, I could say I'm something at any point in time and people would have a completely different image of me before they even mm-hmm. knew me. Like it's, it was never about getting to know me. It was about yeah. getting to know my DNA in order to figure out what they thought of me before they knew mm-hmm. me. And I think that affected the way like I walked around in this world, like especially up until the ages of 14, 15. I remember being like so irritating in school. I was literally like, not irritating, but I was like so strict and everyone thought I was like such a like good student who like didn't want to have fun. And then I'd go home and I'd like, I'd like laugh with my family and friends. Like I'd have a good time and I'd like play games and I'd do whatever I wanted at home. But I felt like at Mm -hmm. school I was expected to be this kind of person and there was so much pressure from everything everyone told me all the time. That even when mm-hmm. I acted fun around my friends, they would be like, oh, I bet you've like got everything under control. I bet you like do Kumon and you finish all your Kumon packets. And I was like, <laughs> yes, I do Kumon, but I literally have been letting them stack up for two months and I have Kumon tomorrow. That's unimportant, but that's what I did every single time. And like, I, mm-hmm. so yeah, I would like to fully just change my personality and I, and I get so shocked when people... Mm-hmm made these assumptions about me that I was just like you know what it's just easier if mm-hmm. I just if I just do what they want me to do I this that brought back my thing I had to say about the lack of role model like in our media the role models like Nandita talked about were all just like put in these boxes and the characters in media their like only personality trait is like being south asian or just like being any person of color because like nandita said it puts you in a box and then you're kind of just like you're just like the indian girl you're not like the fun girl you're not the funny one you're not the nice one like that's what your identity is and of course like being indian is a big part of my identity but it's not my only personality trait and i don't think like we should be made to like just fit that layer of our identity rather than like presenting ourselves as all these other things Mm -hmm. um I remember in school I think I've really like over the years like in high school now I literally don't I don't care as much about like what people think but like in elementary school I think I tried so hard to like fit in you know there's always those kids are like ew what are you eating that literally (laughs) looks like that looks like poop i'd be like (laughs) someone said someone said this kid bought idli and salvar to school which is literally just like it's just like something made out of like like steamed rice exactly (laughs) and they were like it looks it smells like gasoline and i just stopped to bring indian food to school and it wasn't even my food it was just Mm -hmm. the only other brown kid and he moved away. And I remember I remember feeling like so confused. I was like, guys, why would you say something like that? I know. And then they kept bullying him for it. And then I like left. Like I, like I was like, okay, I don't know how to deal with this situation. I'm just going to go sit down and brood. And I remember feeling so mm-hmm. bad for not like sticking up for him more. Even though it's not my responsibility to like mm-hmm. to be the only one who cares when someone makes fun of someone mm-hmm. for the food that they eat like it shouldn't be on me to to like yeah to like police these for other 10 sure. year olds and um 
I don't know. <laughs> I just like didn't bring Indian food to school. Like people would tell me I smelled like spices or they'd tell me like it smelled weird or something. And I just stopped bringing <laughs> it to school and I was like, you know what? No, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm literally just going to bring uh, Dave's Killer Bread peanut butter sandwiches to school every <laughs> single day. And they're going to be so dry. They're going to be so dry and they're going to have no flavor. But no one's ever going to make fun of me again. And obviously, that's yeah. not how that worked. I still got made fun of. But I always did these things to cut out parts of what I liked. Um, mm-hmm. It was like sacrificing um, parts of my personality to prove a point. Um, or to prove that I wasn't what people thought I was. And it was it just took so much time. Because it was like, I, they'll never stop thinking that. I remember there was another, like, I think... Yeah, another Indian kid in my class, and they'd bring their, like, whenever they brought their, like, Indian food, they'd, like, keep it in their, like, lunchbox so, like, no one would see it and just, like, scoop it out. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so, like, horrible. Like, why are people so mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then one time I made the, like... The horrible choice of wearing like oil in my hair and going to school in like in like in like first grade or something, and then everyone was like, "Ew, what's that? Why does your hair? Why does your hair look wet?" And I'm like, "It's not wet. Like, chill out." And um, now it's like this big thing. Like on TikTok, like the Amla hair oil is blowing up, of and everyone's it is. like, everyone's like, oh my god, this is like such like good stuff. Like everyone <laughs> go buy it. And I'm like, girl, when I had that in my hair, y'all made fun of me. They like and they like again did, like yeah. all of these like all of these things from our culture are like being made these trends nowadays, mm-hmm. and it's so. So it just like literally causes me pain. Mm-hmm. I with people with their chai tea lattes and their turmeric lattes, like <laughs> girl, that's just like that's just healthy and like milk. Calm down. That's true. And then, or like the meditation, like the goat yoga yeah. and like the hot yoga. Or they'll talk about like manifestation because if you manifest yeah. something that it'll a hundred percent happen and it's like that's not at all and then, like, what? spirituality, which mm-hmm. is literally just, like, watered down, like, Hinduism and Buddhism. Yeah. And it's, like, so uncomfortable to watch mm-hmm. because it's, like, you made fun of us for all these things. And now that you guys think it's a trend, you're going to follow it. And then they, like, reclaim these things. Like, I saw this girl on TikTok and she was, like, this, like, this um, chanting has been, like, hidden for us from us for years. And, like, it's a super powerful thing. And it's just recently been discovered. And it was, like, the guy three mantra or something. <laughs> what? And, like... <laughs> That's been on YouTube like, for, like, three decades. I know. And I, I was, like... It's literally been around for, like, thousands of thousands of years. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stop acting like you... It's just so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I feel like recently, like, in high school, I haven't experienced a lot of, like, microaggressions, I guess, because I think people are less, well, somewhat less ignorant. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just, like, you always feel different. I I can't. Like, I literally can't with these people. And, like, when we learned about, like, Hinduism in school in, like, India... 
everyone turned around and yeah, stared at you. That was and crazy. They ex- and then the teacher who was supposed to be teaching the class asks you mm-hmm. questions. Yes. And I'm like, well, like, I get that you, like, want us to, like, want our POC voices to be heard or something like that. I don't even know if that's <laughs> what she's trying to do. But I'm not here to teach the class. Like, no, I'm not yeah. the representation for every single Indian person in the world. Yeah. Do some research. Get it together. Don't, like... There was this one kid in one of my classes who had, like, a blanket or something, and they just, like, wrapped it around themselves, and they were just like, is this a sari? And I was like... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And it's like, <sighs> okay, there's just so much pressure. I get I get exactly what you're saying, because I think that's happening a lot in my history classes now. Like... We're about to go into a civil war unit right now. And it's like, I feel so much stress. Um, I'm the only brown person in the class. And it scares me so much because it's not that I don't want my opinion to matter. It's just that I don't want that much stock to be held in everything Mm -hmm. I say. Like my word is the POC Bible or something. Like people will look at me and they'll go like, what what do you say about this? And it's like, I... (laughs) I'm just like one person. Yeah, how do you expect that I have a fully formed opinion on every single thing relating to every single POC issue? Like I am just like a kid going through their life right now. And yes, I'll probably know more than you about something that's specific to my religion but that doesn't mean that I have to explain everything so thoroughly to you guys all the time like Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have like 20 eyes on me at all times being like huh what what Mm -hmm. like (laughs) and also I feel like I feel that pressure also when like I change my mind on things like people will come back and they'll be like what do you mean what do you mean? Before you said mm-hmm. this, and now you're saying this. And, like, I feel so much pressure. Because it's, like, everything I say relating to this topic has so much has so much weight to it. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I don't know everything. I just know my experience. Oh, my yeah. God, that's the best quote ever. That is the best quote ever. <laughs> we should get, like, we should get t-shirts made out of that guys do wait not guys y'all do you all think that we should make out the cocoon merch yes well okay maybe not merch but i want to make a sweatshirt for myself and carmen because no one's gonna buy a merch let's be honest but i can think of of eight people off the top okay wow no for real Um, for real you got Claire. Yeah, like everyone in our group chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone in our group chat. Claire, Elaine. But and then I was gonna say, like, we could have a shirt that said Nadita's quote on it. That'd be so funny. That would be flavor. Or we could make stickers. I want an out the cocoon sticker and then I could put on my hydro. <laughs> that would be so cool. Would you guys buy stickers from me? Not you guys. Or she stop. Would you all buy stickers from me? <laughs> I think yes. I think yes, too. Drop it in the cheap comments, enough, everybody. You know? Drop it in the comments or DM <laughs> us on Instagram at Out the Cocoon. Wait, is it Out the Cocoon? Maybe it's Out the Cocoon Podcast. I don't even know my own Instagram handle. <laughs> Whatever. You know, you know the drill. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram and DM us. Yep. And I think 
Okay. What I think a lot of the time is like, also, like right now in my history class, I'm the only brown kid and it feels like, I feel like this is such like an old way of saying this, but it feels like someone's like forcing my hand on a hot stove and just forcing me to leave it there because it's like everyone's eyeballs are on me all the time. And she has this pair deck where we can type in like what our thoughts are on something and she's like, it's all anonymous guys. And it's not anonymous for me because because everyone will know if I say something that's like I've experienced this before, because they're mm-hmm. all they're they're none of them are people of color. So it's like how how am I supposed to voice my opinions or thoughts on the matter if everyone will know who's talking about it because there's no other people of color there, and I feel like it shouldn't matter that much to me that like level of like anonymity but I feel so much more comfortable not not being scared that someone will like walk up to me and be like why did you say this like why Mm -hmm. because that's happened before and like I hate that feeling so I end up writing responses that I know people will confuse for another like white kid in the class I'll be like what is colorism and it's like, I, I know, I know what it is. And then she'll like force us to ask questions. And I'll have mm-hmm. no questions. Like I grew up in this system. I know how this system works. I don't have any questions. I don't have any questions for you about how a single story works. Okay. I know how it works. It happens to me every single day. Like, please stop forcing me to ask you questions. And <laughs> and it's like, there's, I don't know. She also, like, looks at me all the time in class. She's like, <laughs> sorry, you guys can't see me. I'm making really big eyeballs. But, yeah, I just, it's so much pressure. And especially because, well, that's another issue in our school. We're learning about the Civil War and the Civil Rights Unit. And there's only, like, what, two black kids in our school or in our class? And I feel like we can learn all we want, but one of the best parts about learning is, like, learning about people and learning how multifaceted Mm -hmm. they are. And when you only have, like, you and me and Bridge, you and me and Bridge are the only, (laughs) like, brown kids in our grade, right? And, like... Mm-hmm. No, we have two more. There's only, like, five brown kids in the class. And so, yeah, in our entire sophomore class, the level of melanin is, like, seven to 300. And mm-hmm. that scares me a lot sometimes because it's, like, how are we, how are we supposed to navigate this situation? How are we supposed to... We're literally the only contact with other people of color, specifically brown people of color, that these other 300-some students will see. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that puts, it, puts so much stress on my life because I'm trying... It's like I have to prove myself all the time or I have to be the smartest in the room on a subject all the time. And I can't, I can't not know things because Mm -hmm. it'll be like why don't you like this is your 
area of territory. You sh- you should know this. And it's like, I I know about... Yes, I have had to learn a lot more about it in a lot shorter period of time because this has just been my life for so long. But mm-hmm. that definitely doesn't mean that I know everything. And like people making me think that I need to know everything ends up making me overcompensate. So... It's just an interesting... Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes if you're too vocal about, like, your experiences, sometimes that can also be, like, an issue to people, to to the whites. (laughs) Can I say that? Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Stick with it, stick with it, stick with it. To people, um, like, then you just kind of, like, spotlight yourself, and then you're, like, you don't fit in anymore. Mm -hmm. Even, like, you don't fit in even more than you already do. I don't know. You yeah. never fit in in the first place. What am I talking about? We don't no, fit no, in. No, no, I get what you're saying. But it draws attention to yourself. And then when teachers, on top of that, kind of just, like, hammer into you and are like, hey, give us your stories. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh, I don't know. And then I feel like they expect us to say something, like, really traumatic or like yeah i was like to share uh, our trauma yeah and i'm like to deal with something i'm not gonna like first of all okay i yeah i've had all these i've had like microaggressions occur to to me does that even make sense i've been microaggressed (laughs) but but like I don't have these, like, super traumatic stories, and I'm, like, even if I did have these super traumatic stories, I'm not gonna, like, tell them to a group of people that That, aren't ready to hear it, first of all, and then second of all, like, I have no connection to whatsoever, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, these are all my peers, but that doesn't make it, like, a safe space for me to say things. Like, Like, half of these kids are, like, Trumpies exactly like, I don't know. and like i think that's a really big part of it like you hit on it really well like especially in our old school district we experienced a lot of just outright racism and in our old school district i lived in a different school district before oh i will not mention which one but that's unimportant I just, I'm just saying, like, in our old school district, we experienced a lot of just blatant racism, and my sister did from a very young age, so, um, it's just, like, affected us a lot, and especially living in, like, Oswego, we've had really bad experiences, but, like you said, it's not, I don't need to, I don't need to feel obligated to share, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I feel like mm-hmm. I have to prove that something bad has happened to me in order to prove to someone that racism exists. Like, that happened this summer. Mm-hmm. They were like, we don't live in a racist country. And I was like, that's just not true. That is not true at all. And then I had to tell them. And it was such an excruciating experience because I didn't want to, pr- like, I didn't want to tell them. They weren't, like, a safe person to talk to. Mm-hmm. But I still felt like, okay... I have to prove something to this person. I have to give them the receipts. I have to show them Mm -hmm. that I've been hurt before to make my point understandable. And it's like, why why can't my trauma be separate from this discussion? Yeah, like, why can't you just believe the reality? Mm -hmm. Like, stop making up lies. I remember I used to, like, Kind of talking about, like, assimilation and fears of not fitting in. 
but um, I remember when I was younger, I'd like kind of just, whenever somebody asked me about something, I'd kind of just like pretend not to, like something about my culture, I'd pretend not to like know about it because like I'd be afraid like if they knew the like what it was like if it I'd seem more different like I do um Indian classical dance and people would be like oh what type of like you do dance what type of dance do you do and I'd be like I don't I don't know (laughs) just so like just so like they were like so they could assume that it was like ballet or like jazz or something like that (laughs) I think you'd be a great jazz dancer. You know? Yeah. Okay, well, thank you. (laughs) But, like, I do all these, like, unnecessary things to make it seem like... You're more like the people you're around. Yeah. And it's, like, it's so much much work. Because you're just, like, you're, like, you're lying to yourself, kind of. And you're lying to everyone around you. But it feels so necessary because there's this one glaring difference and so mm-hmm. you spend a lot of your life being like no 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 no, no. <laughs> I'm just like you I'm just like you I'm just like you I didn't learn to play tabla when I was eight that didn't happen I was learning how to play the drums when I was eight and then I quit and it was like <laughs> it was like why why am I spending so much time like changing parts of myself to like to prove something to people and it's like because you walk into this world and they have all of these assumptions about you from the start Mm -hmm. and you're not put at the same level as everyone else they don't start off and they're like oh they're just another person they're like oh they're a person and they get perfect grades and they probably smell like curry and they like go to india Mm -hmm. like seven times a year and they (laughs) and they probably like their house is probably like like super I don't know decorated with a bunch of like statues and stuff of like 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 gods with elephant heads and it's like why (laughs) why do I have all of these assumptions made about me and yes some of them are true of course some of them are are true of course I listen to budgets in the morning it makes my day better but that's (laughs) but that that's not like my entire personality you know Mm -hmm. and that that like struggle of like enjoying parts of your culture but trying to remove it so that people won't notice that you're as Mm -hmm. different um is so difficult I feel like elementary school like when I was in elementary school, everything seemed so, like, normal. Like, all these, like, stupid behaviors seemed so normal. But then in, like, retrospect, I'm like, uh, Arsh was trying to be a white kid, wasn't she? Like, <laughs> yep. I don't know. Like, I remember, like, I'd go to my daddy's house after school, and, like, I'd, I don't know. Like, I just, like... And then we'd have, like, after-school things that I'd have to go to, like, a couple hours after school. So I'd have to, like, like, walk back to the school. And I'd be, like, so, like, scared about how I smelt. Because obviously Mm. my daddy, like, cooks Indian food. And she, like, lives in an apartment. So there's not, like, a lot of circulation. And I'd just be, like, so freaked out. And I'd, like, try to, like, air my, like, clothes out, like be outside for longer so like I wouldn't get to school and I'd be like 
like smell like curry. Like what the heck is curry? Like that's not even a real. It's just no the one, smell of like no normal one, spices. I know, like no one like, and also like none of our foods are called curry. So yeah, it doesn't. I don't even know. Uh. <laughs> just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Do you want to talk about like our coping mechanisms? With, like, microaggressions or just, like, racism or just being in this environment (laughs) in general. Yes, I would love to. I, well, I had this really great coping mechanism when I was in middle school. And that was that someone said something, like, kind of racist. And then I thought, well, I hope they don't get mad at me. And so I would say, I would almost say something and then I'd be like, you know what? No, (laughs) no, I'm going to not say anything and I'm just going to let this sadness grow in the pit of my stomach. And that was my coping mechanism in middle school. I'd just be like, you know what? I'm scared. I'm too scared of being of like someone being like, it was just a joke. And that's happened so many times before. And people were like, why do Mm -hmm. you take things so seriously? Like, why do you care? It doesn't matter. I was literally just making fun of someone. Like, I hate when they're like, it's just a joke. Like, yeah. if you have to have used that as an excuse, then, like, it's not as funny as you think it is. <laughs> exactly. And it, like, it made me feel so bad for feeling the way I did. It made me feel like, oh, it's me. I'm the problem in this situation. Mm-hmm. And so I would go through my day and I'd be like, okay. If this happens, I will deal with this when I get home. I will save my mental breakdown for when I get home. And I will just be sad. I won't fix the problem. And sometimes I would tell teachers and they'd be like, well, I'm sure it was just like, I'm sure it was just like a mistake or something. Like it wasn't, Mm -hmm. I'm sure they didn't mean it. They didn't mean mean it it. like that. Yeah. And it's And then... I was just going to say, I was just going to say, and then you like face the fear of like, I don't want to be the tattletale. I don't want to be the like goody two shoes that everyone already thinks I am. Yeah. Yeah. And so you kind of just, you cope with that by being like, okay, this is my pain to deal with. I'm going to take this on, on top of everything else. Uh, There's no way to solve this. So really the only way to go about my day is by kind of absorbing all of this like negativity that's being thrown out and then like going home and like freaking out about it because if i if i get irritated at school people might not talk to me the next day and like mm-hmm. you already feel so ostracized in this community you're already like will i will i have a community in like oswego will i have a place to be here Mm-hmm. And that means that you're not, you like, at least for me, I was not going to sacrifice the small amount of safety I felt mm-hmm. by telling someone that they were wrong. So I, I feel like I have this kind of like process with a lot of things, but like, you know, when you, when you keep like replaying that scenario in your head and you like make up these like, Things you wish you could have said. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. 
I did that a lot. And it's like, that happens to me with a lot of things. I'm like, oh my God, why did I say that? That was so stupid. I could have said this. I could have had this awesome comeback. (laughs) But then, and then I keep, like, I get mad at myself for not saying things or not standing up for myself. And like, I think I present myself as someone who's very like confrontational, Mm -hmm. but then... I think when I'm actually in the moment, it seems, it seems like I kind of like lose that aspect of myself and then just become quiet. And I get (laughs) so mad at my, like, I get so mad at myself for doing that because I think it's, I think it's one of those things where you like start, like, like Nandita said, you try to like make yourself the problem and you're like, well, maybe I heard it wrong. Maybe Mm -hmm. like. Maybe I was, maybe they didn't say that, or like maybe they didn't mean it like that, or maybe I'm making too big of a deal about this, or maybe I just am not cool enough and I don't think it's a funny joke because Mm -hmm. there's something wrong with me. Exactly. It like tears you apart. It really does. And like, I think for it's so weird because it almost feels time sensitive so that Mm -hmm. happened to me so much like i'd be like this is terrible i hate this i hate what's happening and i remember you'd be there for those situations and then Mm -hmm. we'd just like both freeze and then it was like all of these thoughts were running through our head and we're like what do we do here like we don't have people to talk to we don't have people to go to here to tell Mm -hmm. them like why this is so important and And it's like, if I came up to the person who did something, like, later in the day, they'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you mean? Like, I don't remember saying that, but even if I did, I bet it was a joke. And so if you don't confront them in the moment, it's almost like it never happened. I feel like I noticed Mm -hmm. that a lot. It's like they have, like, short-term memory loss, and they're like, I didn't do that. Like, I don't remember doing that. That was probably just a joke. And it's just like... Mm-hmm. it's like their words have no meaning in their mind um or like they're not willing to change and i think this is why it's so important to have like more poc teachers mm-hmm. um because especially in lake oswego well you'll have blatant outright racism where you're like what the hell is going on but you'll also have the kind of racism that's like a very dog whistle racism well you'll just be like um okay i guess like, this made me feel really uncomfortable in the moment. Should I be mad about this? Like, what should I do with this feeling? And so There are literally no POC teachers. There are none. <laughs> there are literally I've none. I've never had a POC teacher in yeah. my life. Yeah. And, and I think that's such, like, a growing fear all the time that you're really the problem in this situation. And it forces you into silence a lot of the time. And that, mm-hmm. that can be like a really, that can be a really crazy fear. And I hate the way it actually plays out because it's true. A lot of the time people do consider you the problem. So it's mm-hmm. not even irrational fears talking because it's happened before. I've been, I've been like, this is not okay. And they've been like, it was a joke. And then they would get mad at me. And then they would tell me I was wrong. And then they would stop talking to me. And then they would tell their friends. And the exact thing that I didn't want to happen would happen. So it wasn't like 
this was coming out of nowhere. It wasn't like, oh, it's just your, like, psyche talking. You're fine. It's like, this is what, this is the reality. This is what's going to continue happening. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think I have many coping mechanisms. I mean, I do just, like, cry about my life. That seems to work. I don't know. I guess just, like, talking to POC friends... I guess that, it doesn't even have so to well. be a have to be a POC, but it's helpful. It's I, well, at least for me, it like makes me feel more safe because mm-hmm. I have ama- amazing people who are not POC who are really understanding and um, are there for me. Mm-hmm. But um, just like talking to people you know that will be there to support you, yeah, is really nice and tell you that like what you're saying is like valid. And it's not just, like, something you made up in your head. Exactly. Because I feel like I have a lot of these conversations with Nandita where I'm like, uh, I think I'm making a big deal about this. And then you're no. like, no, <laughs> you're not. Yeah. And I think that validation, that, like, strong validation where they're like, no, mm-hmm. you're 100% right. This is, like, <laughs> this is trash. Like, being like, you're correct. This isn't what's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. That validation especially because like so many times I have talked to people and they've been like I don't get why this matters to you you know and then you're Mm -hmm. like oh my god even my friends think that I'm being dumb right now so I should just I need to just stop I'm just being the wrong kind of human right now I'm not giving the right people enough leeway and then you just shut that part down and you stop talking about it and you keep thinking about it Mm-hmm. And you just don't have a place to go with that. So it just mm-hmm. grows and grows and grows. Also, like, joining, uh, like, POC-led groups has been really nice, I guess. Into Project Lotus again. Yes, you? join Project Lotus, anyone? <laughs> hey, y'all, I'm gonna do a POC, I mean, a <laughs> Project Lotus plug. It's really great. So more people should join. Yes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was so bad. But um, oh, and also the Project Lotus podcast is going to be revived, and I am going to be a host. So oh my god, two podcasts? listen to that too. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, being in like POC groups has been really beneficial to me not even like organization groups (laughs) but like being in like dance has been really nice I have like Indian friends and it's like they understand your experiences and like ball vihar brown people sunday school is so much fun like okay we need to stop calling it brown people sunday school (laughs) (laughs) it's just like it's just like making it more accessible and more like that's true Balvihar is like for one like I people. thought it was so annoying and I'm kind of mad that my mom was right I but love it like I love it it's especially the high school like mm-hmm. Balvihar is so much fun because we just talk about like we it does surround because Hinduism is like it's not as strict to see as other religions 
It just talks mm-hmm. about your effect on the people around yeah. you and your connection to the people around you. And I think a lot of that does circulate around it's being really a person prevalent. of color. So, like, we mm-hmm. talk about that a lot. We talk about anxieties as a person of color. We talk about um, expectations from everyone in our life. Mm-hmm. And it's like that community that you build is so has become so mm-hmm. important to me. Yeah. And, like, the last... In the last couple of years, I've been, like, connecting with more POC, and, like, it's been really, really, really beneficial. Mm-hmm. So, this is a proven coping mechanism. Like, please, please surround yourself with people. Obviously, it's not- Hit us up, please. Hit, yeah. <laughs> DM us at Arshia Sohal on Instagram. At Nandita Kumar, Kumar I think. I actually don't know my I app. think there's an underscore. There's an underscore but somewhere. We'll but pop literally up. whenever. Like, we don't care. Just DM us whenever. You don't need to give us context. Just just talk. Be like, just be like, this happened. It sucked. Yeah. Because be like, we really, our, tell our me. group chat really did tell steal me, babe. all of the, like, POC from LO. So yeah. we've taken all of them. You can join our group whenever. Anyone can, really. Just, like, just hit us up. Talk to us if you want to. We're mm-hmm. very goofy gals. We would love, <laughs> we would love to talk to you whenever. Um, yeah, just yeah. DM us whenever because we're very open to conversation. And I think it's so important. And you can feel, mm-hmm. so, you can feel so alone sometimes. Yeah. So even so if we don't know up. each other that well, it doesn't matter. Just just talk to like, us. Like, I literally don't care. Yeah, we don't care at all. <laughs> we want to make more friends. We definitely do. Unless you're a more terrible pals person. And, more pals, buddies, and besties. Yeah. If you're not a mean person, <laughs> we'd love to be your bestie. Yeah. I feel like that's obvious i shouldn't have said that but it's fine <laughs> what's our last i'm keeping that in okay <laughs> i know we did have this but something okay. i wanted to talk about was like i've been having a lot of <laughs> this is kind of tricky to talk about but like i've been having a lot of identity crises lately because um i feel like i don't fit into my continent um or ethnic or race group yes like I know that I fit into India well I never actually fit into India because like I've I wasn't born there so there's that and then there's also the (laughs) idea that like with with like everything that's been going on with like the AAPI movement and it's like I've just noticed how how different I am, kind of, like, from the experiences of other mm-hmm. Asians, specifically East Asians, I've, I've noticed that it's, like, we're not on the same, we're not on the same conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the things that East Asians have to deal with is so different than my experiences. Yes, there's mm-hmm. a model minority myth about all of Asia, but, like, we don't look the same so we get very different we get very different like kinds of racism mm-hmm. and I we think, don't like look the part exactly and I think like um even in like different like confusions like if you're um if you're East Asian 
you get kind of like, oh, where are you from? Are you Chinese? Are you Japanese? Are you Korean? Like, there's like people who I、like, can't tell the difference. And like,、mm-hmm. for me, it's like, <laughs> are you Indian? Are you from the Middle East? Are you Hispanic? Like, I can't tell what you are right now. Are you which kind of Indian are you if you say you're Indian? And it's like, already not a lot of people know what I am. And so it's like, <laughs> what am I really doing here? Like, I, I, I feel like I don't have a sense, like a sense of community. Like, I, don't, I can't identify as much with my continent, with my continental issues.、Um, and especially because I was born in America. Like, I'm not surrounded by people who look like me all the time. So, I've been having like a kind of identity crisis because it's like I feel like I don't, I don't belong anywhere.、Mm-hmm. And it's like the only. I can't belong in India because I don't speak any、um, language. Like, I don't speak Hindi or Malayalam or Tamil. Like, I, I don't really belong in Asia because I don't, I don't belong in the like Asian American checkbox, you know? Because、mm-hmm. I feel like I don't fit the image or like the problems that a、mm-hmm. lot of other Asian Americans have to deal with. And I don't. Fit in America because there's not there's not a lot of people who are like me here. And so it's like,、mm-hmm. if I don't fit anywhere, then why am I supposed to like be here? You know?、Mm-hmm. And so、yeah. that like fear has kind of overtaken me a lot.、Um, and I. <sighs> I get that in every rom com I watch. They're like, you were born to fit in, you were born to stand out. Well, that is. Not true. I would love to fit in. I'm dying to fit in because fitting in means that you have a community, and I don't have that. Well, I do have a community of like six of my very good POC friends, but I mean, like, I don't have that, like, I am a part of something really big community. Yeah. And so that kind of, I don't know. It just affects me a lot of the time, and it can make me really sad a lot of the time because if you don't have a, if you don't feel like you have a place anywhere, then you know,、mm-hmm. it's just kind of not very good. Like when the BLM movement like kind of got shocked again、um, in 2020,、mm-hmm. I've noticed how like. Like, like, for example, like we go to like airports and like we get extra security checks, or like people, people look at us funny, or people like, like I can't like、mm-hmm. run through the airport, you know, because that's sus, is like that's very suspicious. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I, I notice these little things where it's like when people talk about being like black or Hispanic in America, like. I know what the melanin does, and it kind of makes me understand where they're coming from. Well, obviously,、mm-hmm. like everyone should be able to empathize with people, but I notice that I feel like I can identify with a lot of the issues that come up with just being brown. But of course, I'm not a member of that community. I don't want to try to be a member of that community because that's stealing someone else's experience, right? So it's like I'm in this. 
really terrifying a middle spot where I can identify with the race that people have given me and I mm-hmm. and I and the I and the people that I do identify with I'm not them so it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's so confusing for me well that was really deep <laughs> <laughs> it really was I have a very fun fact for you um if you'd like it well I'm gonna tell you anyway because um the audience can't tell me what they think so here's my fun fact for everyone um did you know that a fully grown eagle (laughs) i've told everyone i know this. i i did a birding zoom call and i got really excited about it so i just tell everyone i know bird facts now um (laughs) uh did you know a fully grown eagle weighs only three pounds. That's pretty crazy, right? What? Yeah. That's so small. Wow. <laughs> I know. It's pretty crazy. It's because mo- their bones are hollow, and they just have, like, a lot of feathers. So they trick us, but they're really, really light. So, yeah. Pretty fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you guys for... Keep saying thank you guys. Well, thank you for listening to today's episode. <gasps> is um, this where we fade out into SZA? This is my favorite part. Yes. Well, it's not my favorite. Like I like listening to you guys, but I really <laughs> like your intros and outros. Well, that was our episode for today. Thank you everyone for listening. Stay tuned for more episodes, and see you next time on Out the Cocoon. <laughs> <laughs>